Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Total Recall podcast. As always, it's me, Will Bourne, the founder of Recall Consulting. And in this episode, I have a very interesting guest, uh, Lior Tal, um, who is a serial entrepreneur, investor, founder. Um, I thought would be a fantastic guest to have on um, so that we could cover some interesting topics um, that should be relevant to every founder, every VC, everybody investing in tech or running their own tech company at the moment. So, Leo, it's great to have you. Great, great to have you here. Thanks for having me. Um, so I think it would be a good starting point um, instead of me kind of explaining your journey for you to kind of uh, explain your journey as, uh, you know, the, the VC, the angel funding, the, the founder um, that you are. So just tell us a little bit about kind of your, your story, if you don't mind. Sure. So um, basically, I come from the cyber security and DevOps uh, space. I co-founded a year, couple of years ago, a couple of uh, uh, startups in, the, in those areas. Uh, the first one was Guardium in the database security space. Uh, we started back in 2004, 2009, uh, after the uh, downturn of uh, 2008 in the US, it was acquired by IBM for uh, close to a quarter of a billion dollars. Uh, the company did very well. Uh, then in Citix, in the network access control space, that was acquired by McAfee. Uh, then I did something in uh, deep learning at the early days of deep learning and uh, in social media, um, and then jumped into DevOps. I was requested by the investors of a company called CoreLogix, uh, which is very famous for log management right now, yeah. uh, to join as a CEO. Now, the investors decided to change the, uh, the management. They removed the uh, previous CEO, who was one of the founders. Um, I joined the company, didn't do uh, very well at the time, only started selling their, their product. Uh, we started getting more serious customers, uh, you know, bigger checks or annual subscriptions. Mm. We got term sheets within a couple of months from, from uh, an Israeli VC, and then the investors saw that the company is doing well, so they wanted to back the company. Oh, nice. um, I left after about a year and a half when the company raised more money and some of the investors, the new investors wanted one of the uh, founders who was the product manager uh, to become the CEO of the company. Uh, he was really amazing guy. He still runs the company. They're doing extremely well. Mm. And then I moved to uh, Kahulu, a low code automation platform. Um, basically we, we, uh, started as a, as a as an incubator company uh, in Israel, raised some more funds. Uh, the company didn't do uh, very well, and I left about four months ago. Mm -hmm. And now I'm actually connecting between Israeli startups um, and U.S. and European VCs. I help them scout uh, for interesting opportunities. I also invest myself in, in mm -hmm. different companies uh, mm -hmm. and so on. Oh, brilliant. Okay. So certainly a very useful, um, a useful person to know if someone is looking to scale or even start up a, an interesting company and they have a great idea. Happy to help always. Yeah, great, great. Um, I mean, you, you you touched on a very interesting topic there, which I, I think is very relevant at the moment, which was the downturn, um, which you mentioned 2008. Um, America was hit quite hard with that. Um with what's going on in the economy um, at the moment globally, you know, there is a lot of noise, negative noise um, around layoffs, around companies that are 
um, that are struggling. Um, you know, I know a lot of founders who are unfortunately, you know, suffering from uh, ill mental health because of the anxiety that running a company through such a, you know, an economic situation presents. So what, what would your um, advice be? I mean, firstly, you said that your position um, during the last downturn was in fact the, the CEO of an organization that you had um, that you had founded, that you had started, which was subsequently sold to McAfee? IBM. IBM. I wasn't the CEO at the time. I was uh, the biz dev guy. But uh, yeah, that was, you know, the company did amazingly well. Yeah. Okay. So if you if you could um, talk a little bit about, I suppose, what you learned during that crisis that the founders of now in, in you know, 2023 could benefit from, because we all make mistakes, you know, we all, there are all things that we did well that we did not do so well. And what would your advice and what guidance would you give to the, to the founders, to the CEO, to the people trying to survive in business this year? Right. So first of all, I think you touched on a very important thing, which is their mental health. Um, starting a company or being in a startup, whether you're the CEO or not, CEO, you know, probably much more than that. But it's like a, uh, it's like a roller coaster. You know, it's really hard and ups yeah. and downs and ups and downs all the time, and it's it's really crazy. Um, I have a very good friend who's running the Intel Ignite uh, Accelerator, and he's a huge believer in in supporting, you know, mentally the founders. And saying, hey, guys, you need to take professional help all the time to talk to someone, whether that's a, a friend, whether that's a professional, you know, uh, person uh, that you can talk to. But that's super critical for the success of your company. Uh, so that's that's the first thing. The, the, the second thing is, I think, uh, make plans. Um, really think about your business and your plan and what uh, I'm founding right now, what I'm seeing right now is that more and more VCs are are much more focused on execution. Um, make sure that you have exactly what you need for the execution and nothing more. Mm. During 2020 and 2021, uh, 2020 and 2021, uh, companies have actually uh, hired and got too much resources. Uh, they hired too many people. Uh, they, they hired everything, everyone that they could. Uh, a lot of them were, were not you know, at the level that you need at a startup. Yeah. Um, and, and the prices were so high uh, and investor paid so high valuations for companies. And I think uh, people kind of lost, you know, their way. And you need to find your way back because it, I, I know it sounds really bad, like the downturn and everything, but what I'm seeing with VCs that I'm working with right now and investors, they're still investing, a lot of them, especially the ones that did not uh, went after the herd in terms of, you know, very high valuation, pouring money into companies that had mm -hmm. no financial substance, yeah. no business model that worked and so on. And they're still investing. They're, they're looking for good opportunities all the time. They need to make investments. This is their business. Mm. Um, so I think at the end of the day, things are going to be okay. There will be down rounds, there will be flat rounds, there will be layoffs, but a lot of these layoffs are, are the result of, of you know, overhiring. Mm -hmm. You know, there was articles about companies like uh, Microsoft and, and Facebook and Google and so forth that during these, these years, these couple of years, they hired everyone that they could, yeah. paid 
you know, extremely high prices and salaries and so forth. And now they have to lay off a lot of people. And you hear about this all the time. Yeah. But you can see a company like Apple, for example, they didn't overhire. They didn't pay the high prices. And now they're not firing anyone. Yeah. You don't care. Yeah. So I think uh, startups specifically have to cut their losses, make sure that they are laser focused on what they need to accomplish to get the next round of financing, mm. make sure that they have the right run rate. Because, you know, it's it's really, you know, um, heartbreaking, you know, to to lay off some people that you really connected to and, you, and you're really emotionally attached to. Yeah. But at the end of the day, if you keep them, the the, the boat will sink. You, know, you have to yeah. take out some of the, 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 the lift, some of the weight. It's one of the hardest things, isn't it? And, you know, I recall my companies is still a startup you know we're still in our first three years of, of business and this is my second startup and always the hardest thing for me is is people and letting people go for whatever reason you know whether it's the right or the wrong reason it's something that I just hate I hate doing it like you say you build that connection you have a personal relationship with them where you've spent more time with them than family members you know um so I can imagine um, a lot of conversations at the moment and I know one particular founder who I've got in my mind um, who's such a, a nice person a nice human being who wears his heart on his sleeve and he's having sleepless nights at the thought of having to let people go but knows it's the right thing to do so that the sick you know the ship doesn't sink like you say um, and I read a great book recently which is called uh, Rock the Recession if anybody's listening to this which is um, a founder um, trying to navigate these turbulent waters rock the recession was a great read um, and it touched on a few points that you that you've made there one of which um, it talks about a pit crew they, they say get yourself a good pit crew of people um, because I think it's very easy and I'm sure you will attest to this when you're in survival mode and you're in the trenches and and you're kind of a little bit blinkered with what's going on around you to hit the wall without knowing the wall's there um, and it, it touches on the point that having that pit crew of people that will challenge you um, constructively and positively and help you see that the wall is just there and what to do to avoid that, whether that is trimming the fat in certain ways or um, changing certain you know, procedures of how you run your business. Because one particular phrase that I do like is when fishermen can't fish, they tend to their nets. Um, and I think it's a, it's a great opportunity at the moment for um, people to really look internally and ensure that their processes are as efficient as they can possibly be, that everybody's completely um, up skilled to the max that they can possibly be on internal systems and processes to make them more productive. It's about making each of your staff, staff members as productive as you as you possibly can. Um, which brings me, I suppose, on to a question which I'm interested to hear your take on in some of the companies that you're working with at the moment um, that you're invested with, that you're involved with, whether it's on a consultancy and advisory or, or an actual, you know, financial investment. Um, what are you seeing that they're doing well at the moment? Some of the companies where you can think, right, that actually that's, that's working really well, that some of the listeners can harness and, and perhaps take some best practices from. Right. So um, I think that the, that the main thing is to be very frugal right now. Uh, I see companies that I invested in uh, mm -hmm. and, you know, within uh, eight months of, of uh, since they started, they already have customers and significant ARL and a burn rate of, you know, uh, less than $100,000 a month, which is amazing, you know, from my perspective. I think that uh, 
the key right now is to focus completely on execution. You know, when you when you talk to VCs, one of the notion that that always come up is that the product that you're building, you know, a software product, a hardware product, whatever, you you made plans and, and it will be ready. You know, it might take a bit more time, might take a bit more money, but at the end of the day, it will be there. The thing that you know is is completely uncertain is the go-to market, is the product market fit, is the execution. Companies that I invest today, I try to make sure that they're laser focused on execution. They have to to have this mentality of, you know, get out there and get customers and get insights about what they need and get uh, the right resources for that. For example, if I see a company that doesn't have a product market, I, I had this incident with one of my startups that they did not have a product market fit, but they went ahead and, and, and uh, retained services of two SDR companies. And I said, it doesn't make any sense. You still don't know, you know, who's your, your ideal customer mm-hmm. and what should you say in order to sell? And you're taking two external companies that will just bang the phones and emails and call people and say, what? <laughs> you don't know yeah. what to tell them to say. So, you, and you're paying like $30,000 a month on this, you know, part-time services and it doesn't make any sense. You know, get someone who can help you build the product market fit and build a sales machine. And this is exactly what you need to, to find this laser focus uh, place where, where you say something and people immediately connect to it. A problem that people immediately say, oh yeah, I have this problem. If you can solve this to me, that's a great value. I'll pay for mm. your product. Mm. If they say it's nice to have, you're a problem. you have a problem. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a, I call it the KYC principles. I don't know if anybody else calls it that, but the know your customer principles. Um, you know, you have to be able to effectively draw an avatar of what the, the ideal customer is and how they engage, how they communicate, what language they speak, you know, how they are engaging with people. There's a, there's, there's a whole science to it, of course. And if, like you say, somebody isn't really clear on that, then the, the message will fall on deaf ears. Um, but the, the word execution is quite ambiguous, really. I mean, in your mind, um, and in your experience of the course of time that you've that you've executed, um, what does it look like to you to execute? You know, what what's your what's your kind of process of of creating that that laser sharp that tip of the spear to execute? I think that there's two uh, aspects to that. One is to find the right product market fit, and that includes the the right persona to sell to, and what exactly should you say, uh, which will make them buy the product, which will, which will uh, uh, entice them to buy your product. And this is something that I think is key and most companies fail on, on doing that. But this is like this is like the laser-focused stuff. Mm. Uh, often I talk to founders when they ask for help with fundraising and I, I get to know their product and I say, oh, the product, uh, I can sell this to this market and that market and that market. And it's like gazillion dollar, you know, addressable market. Yeah. Who gives a, you know, who cares? <laughs> yeah. Who cares? Be laser focused. Bring me a smaller market. Mm. But something that 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 you can say, hey, with this specific problem, I'm the only company in the world that can solve that. And start there. Be very laser focused. Make sure mm. that this works. And this is like the product market fit from my perspective. And then 
the next level is to build a sales machine, whether that's through uh, LinkedIn messaging, emails, podcasts, I don't know, whatever the way is, but you have to build something that is repetitive. Yeah. Uh, you have to make sure the CEO can sell every time. It, it doesn't scale. You have to build a process which generates the right leads and then the, the salespeople make the demo or make the sales and, and the entire process should work. I think this is kind of, from my perspective, the execution. Once you have those two things nailed, you know, you have a successful company. I've seen right. it a couple of times. Yeah. And I think there's, you can probably tell I read quite a lot. There's a, there's a great book uh, called Blue Ocean Strategy, um, which talks about red oceans and blue oceans, red bling, there's blood in the water. There's a lot of competition. It's very difficult to, to get market traction. And blue ocean is where, you know, exactly what you're saying there, you, you tie it um, an area where there isn't perhaps not a silver bullet just yet, where there is this blue ocean to go and start uh, hunting um, the, the whales, where you can get 100k a month ARR pretty quickly. Um, so I think that's quite an, an important point, really, that um, hopefully everybody listening uh, is scribbling away thinking, right, have I got the, the, the product market fit right um, and, and the subsequent um, sale of that uh, that message and i actually went to um, a talk quite recently with one of the founders of cato networks um and the advice that he gave in this in this talk when i was in tel aviv quite recently was to make sure you actually have a very refined machine of how you're getting to market and your pitch deck more importantly answers all of the questions um so i think i'm not sure what your take might be on this but he was adamant that having a very well prepared and well thought out pitch deck a pitch pack of your product that can answer every single question there and then in front of that person's eyes um is is crucial um, is that something that you advocate as well i think it depends you know there's different ways of doing things i one of the best sales people i've ever met uh, worked with me in in one of the companies um adam springer that's his name but the thing that he did really amazingly well, he, he he would just, the first call, he would just talk to people yeah, and kind of dig into the problem. You know, do you have this? What does it mean? How much do you suffer? Do you lose money? Do you lose time? What would it mean for you to have a solution for that? And once they, he kind of nailed the pain and, and dug really deep into the pain, this is when he said, okay, uh, great conversation talk to you soon. Let me just prepare some stuff and let's have another session and I'll show you, you know, what we do. He never used a deck. Yeah, the next nice. conversation, he showed them exactly, you know, how his product can solve their problem. Mm -hmm. And that was, it was amazing. Yeah, the, the key, again, is to find his pain and mm. dig really hard, as, as deep as you can to kind of nail the pain. Yeah. Uh, so, so, yeah. But but again, some, some people work with a deck, some people work with a demo, whatever works for you, for your company. And I think yeah. this is exactly what we talked about, the sales machine. Mm. Yeah. Whatever works, that's absolutely fine, whether that's uh, LinkedIn uh, advertising or direct sales. You know, there are companies like Wiz, for example, in the security space where mm -hmm. they have like old uh, old style salespeople that are going to big accounts with technical people, technical pre-sales, mm -hmm. and they made huge sales. This is like the, the old checkpoint days. Yeah. So whatever works for you. Yeah, I suppose find what works and then scale it. Find out how to scale what's working as best exactly. you can. Yeah. Exactly. Nice.
nice and from a you know from your perspective you obviously you are in a, a community of um of people that are as, as well educated as you in in the startup community and the investment community what are the the kind of things you're hearing at the moment with regards to what 2023 could look like nobody's got a you know a crystal ball if we did you and i we could go and put the lottery on today and retire um but what do you think it's going to look like um you know what should founders be focusing on for 2023 if they're looking to attract investment um you know what, what's your kind of take i think again the first thing is the um the, the execution that we talked about i think uh investors are are much more eager you know these days to see that you have your execution nailed as much as possible depends on the on the age or the the the, the you know the phase of the company but i think that's that's kind of the key uh, mm-hmm. from my perspective i don't think we have a, a really like bad downturn here uh we just go back to normal you know business mm-hmm. uh companies that that you know in 2021 there were companies with four million dollars in ARL. They got one that got financing or investments at one point four billion dollar valuation. This is crazy. It doesn't make any sense. Not only it doesn't make any sense, but in in those you know a hundred or fifty or two hundred million dollar investments, the founders are are having a secondary process. They get some money home and, and they're less concerned right now. You know, if the, even if the company falls, you know, I have like 10, 20 million in the bank. I'm, I'm all set. You know, I don't, that's, that's the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what you see today is a lot of these companies will have to take lower valuations, mm-hmm. uh, even with their existing investors and to, to push these companies forward because with a million or two or $4 million in ARL, you cannot get this this huge valuation that you've seen before. Yeah. So you will have to take a down round, and it's also a challenge with the existing investors. Um, and another uh, observation is that that in 2021, some of the investors who came in and and, and you know put this money, this this fuel into this market, into this fire, are people that are not professional, you know, high tech investors. Mm that are like very one-time, you know, this is like a, a party, so I want to, I want in right now. Mm. And as soon as things got bad, uh, they pulled back and said, oh, I, I'm, I'm out. They're not backing the company. They're not helping the company. They, just, they were just there for, for the big party. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I think, and, and by the way, one more thing that I think uh, founders can do in a lot of places is, is use um, remote uh, development and, and remote resources. Yeah, because even with your company, for example, they can get you know really uh, cost-effective resources in in Eastern Europe mm-hmm. uh, and in in other places where they save money and they still get like top-notch talent, you know, for yeah. the company. Yeah. And it's 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 still working if you need to build like a culture and everything. With a remote force, I've done it before with uh, with Kahulu in a team with uh, in Poland. Yeah, it's a good point. You know, and it's something that we we've done time and time again. You know, we we've built engineering teams now to build a product to to get the funding rounds to to round A. Uh, you know, we built that around Europe. Um, we've done it in Portugal. So there is a lot of value in doing that, and a lot more um, 
I suppose adoption of that of that kind of methodology now from companies who were otherwise would be like, no, I'm only hiring Tel Aviv. You know, I don't want to go outside Tel Aviv because um, the, the doesn't salary make any, it's, it's hard to doesn't hire. Doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah, we, we paid. You know, we we had a team at Kahulu. We had a, a great team of engineers in Poland. The cost was about third or, or, or you know fifty uh, percent max compared to Tel Aviv. Tel Aviv was crazy, was crazy because people got uh, very, very high salaries. And in addition to that, um, uh, they were, they became, excuse my language, but very spoiled. Yeah. You know, they didn't want to work hard. They didn't want to support, you know, systems 24-7 and things like yeah. that. And at the end of the day, this is what you need. They jumped from one company to the other, which I think also made it very challenging. The team that we had, the same team worked for us like, two three years yeah it was amazing they're still very close friends yeah it's it's interesting isn't it I, I think you know what i'm observing now um and what i kind of foresee for the rest of the year is that there's going to be a lot of um people found out um who are perhaps corner cutting maybe they're a little lazy maybe they they, they don't kind of bring themselves in the in the most efficient and productive way that they possibly could um, and I think every business at the moment needs its staff to be um, on point at all times, you know, which is why, again, it's really important to go back to your earlier point that people are aware of, of the mental health aspect. Um, everybody in a startup, you know, this year, I think is going to have to have their foot quite firmly planted to the floor and be accelerating as hard as they possibly can. So it's really important that people know when to step out and take a break and to and to mentally have the right people around to um, to unload where you could have a rant and you can talk about, oh, God, I'm so stressed. I'm not sleeping. I've got this product. It's not ready to go. And, you know, we're not selling enough, blah, blah, blah. Um, but I think it is a it's going to be a year of realization for a lot of people that I think there'll be a lot of people leave industries um, and change their career paths. Um and I think there'll be a lot of good quality um, startups left at the end of the year, good quality startups that come to the market who actually are able to prove their execution um, plan, as you say, who will get good quality investment. And there are going to be around, in my opinion, of high quality startups that come towards the end of the year, maybe the startup next. Um, I'm not sure if you agree with that or not, but that's what I'm kind of hoping happens anyway. I see also another thing that is happening right now, which is that, uh, a lot of people that were laid off from, you know, from other companies, uh, those are the ones that are starting the new generation of startups. Yes. And when they start that, they, you know, from day one, they have this mentality of, you know, uh, 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 cost saving and market execution and all of that stuff that, you know, their previous companies should have had before. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, I, I hope that it's going to be all of everything that's happening that's negative can be turned into a positive and that people don't get too disheartened and they they are crushed by what you know um all the noise around them is, is quite easily going to do to a lot of people um if we if we kind of talk to the listeners out there who are perhaps seeking funding or they're looking for um how to create a, a pitch deck or they've got a great idea but they don't know what to do with it what where would you send them would you say that they can approach you do you have a, a link where they can upload their ideas how would you say that they can they, they can start their journey Right. So, so first of all, I'm I'm happy to to help. You know, whoever needs help, and there's ton of links and and information from founders like myself and others who are you know much better than myself, 
with uh, pitch decks and 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 how to approach uh, uh, VCs. I, I can I, I I'd love to share some of this stuff. And and again, I think things are going to be okay. It's not like investors stop investing. Mm. They do invest, and companies are doing well. And so it's just a, a kind of a, 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 a like a fix that is happening, adjustment that is happening right now yeah. in the market. But it's fine. It happens every couple of years. Yeah, but that's okay. Yeah. Well, what, don't what be discouraged. Do. Yes, exactly. Don't be discouraged. There is still an opportunity of a lifetime out there. If you've got the right idea, the right business plan, the execution, um, and and support of you know good people like yourself. Um, so I'll, I'll put your link, uh, when I post this onto LinkedIn so that people know how to connect with you. Um, um, and yeah, it's been a pleasure. You know, I'm, I actually enjoy talking to you cause I, I learn myself, which is what, you know, life is all about to me to learn as much as I possibly can. Perhaps we can do another podcast in future and we can talk about how to approach the VC. There's, there's, I think there's a lot of things in, in your mind that I could extract anytime. and give to our listeners. Um, absolutely anytime. But Leo, it's been a pleasure and um, look, it's a little later in your evening. So I'm going to let you go and enjoy your evening uh, with your family. And I will speak to you very, very soon. Thanks again. Thanks for having me. Take care. Bye.